everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy tools and analysis of the entire internet, and ThriveFantasy.com. Use that promo code WTB, and you will get $20 as a bonus to your first deposit of $20 or more. If you like prop betting and you like daily fantasy and you like winning money and you like getting free money, use that promo code WTB when you sign up for thrivefantasy.com. I'm your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me as always is my co-host, Tyler P. Watts. What's up, Tyler? Michael, how are you this fine day? Uh, I think I'm okay. Uh, The Bulls are as good as they've been in a long in a long time which is sad because they're not that good uh but uh i feel like there's some competency within the organization uh i feel like i'll still pat, never pat will's doing pretty well as a rookie like he looks pretty good i'll still like never figure out why the thunder got rid of billy donovan yeah he was he was perfectly fine I, I, and they kind of blew their team up anyway so it was like wouldn't he be a good coach to kind of? He took he took that team last year to the playoffs, and they were not good. No, that was a bad team. Right, like everyone thought they were going to be one of the worst teams, and then they were in the playoffs. Like Billy Donovan, good coach. I don't know why you let a good coach go. No, it do, it doesn't make, in my opinion, very much sense. But uh, I'm glad they did because finally the Bulls have a competent coach. You can see you can see the fact, as we talked about, I think, last week, um, players that, were, that are on this Bulls team playing much better. Zach Levine becoming basically an uh, a, a outright all-star, um, taking the leaps, similar leaps, that Bradley Beal were, was taking earlier in his career to, you know, get a few more rebounds, get a few more assists, just edge further and further towards those top tiers of fantasy basketball. Uh, Lowry Markkinen playing exceptionally much, much better than he did last season, uh, actually playing a role on this team instead of just like standing in the corner, whatever the hell Jim Boylan was having him do. Uh, you got Thad Young actually playing and playing meaningful minutes and allowing Thad Young to play in the position he's supposed to be playing and a guy who can who's been on playoff teams recently who was basically thrown to the bench and like thrown into like not even like off the bench minutes like 18 minutes a game last season like thrown shit minutes last season now um you should roster him in, in a fantasy league right in the second so huge improvements for, across the board from that Bulls team um, don't know if they'll make the playoffs, but it's nice watching a team, having a team to root for and develop and feel like, at least have the feeling that it's in good hands. Um, thanks to the new front office, thanks to the new coaching staff. And I don't know, maybe, I don't know, maybe they'll make some moves. Maybe they'll move Zach Levine. I don't know, but that, that should be interesting. So I'm, I'm doing all right. Uh, what's crazy to me is right. So the playoffs right now look a little, haywire already a little unexpected and so it'll be interesting to see um as we press on here if the covid cases continue and if they do if the standings continue to look haywire or you know we see even maybe another one or two of these suspected top teams drop a bunch more games and so uh it'll be interesting i mean i'm i'm very intrigued by this very very strange season 
Yeah, I um, would be very surprised if you told me a few months ago that the Utah Jazz would be at the top of the Western Conference. Um, that, you know, the, uh, the Knicks are in, in the playoffs <laughs> right now, uh, that the Raptors are not. The, those details uh, that the Warriors are and the Rockets are not, those details would uh, confuse and frighten my simple brain of two, of two months ago or three months ago, I guess. Uh, and I think, though, if you told me that fancy playoffs going into week eight would be just as big of a mess as the, NBA play, uh, as the current NBA playoffs are right now, uh, maybe I'd be less surprised because we kind of saw that from the beginning that this is going to be a weird season with COVID. Um, and I guess the COVID, you know, sitting due to COVID has died off a little bit, which is positive. But then you got whatever this weird thing was with Kevin Durant the other night who didn't start, but then did play, but then was removed from the game. And I don't know what the hell's going on. with. Do you know what's going on with uh, Kevin Durant here? He tweeted out like free – like he's like free KD. Like what's so, what the hell is that even about? So the weirdest part to me, and I, I'm no doctor, I'm no scientist, I'm no, I'm no nothing, right? Um, but he apparently he so he had the coronavirus. I, I think that this is like common knowledge. Um, and he still has testing positive for having antibodies for it, but he keeps coming in close contact with people who have it. And therefore, they keep forcing him to quarantine. This is the second time. So he missed three games early in the season. And this actually kicks off my weekly preview article about how crazy this situation is. And now they're forcing him basically to quarantine again for this week, even though he has antibodies, which would you would think mean that he can't get it. Yeah, I think that's what's even surprising. And like, I will also say that I am no uh, medical scientist. Uh, I do not have any degrees in biology. Um, how we don't know enough about this particular virus a year into studying it, whether if you have antibodies that you are contagious or you can harbor the, the, uh, the, the contagious piece of this coronavirus. I'm surprised we don't know these things by now. Um, what's more confusing is just why aren't, where, where's, where is the, hard consistency with how they're treating the players. Like maybe we don't know. And so they're saying, all right, we don't know. Let's be cautious. I'm totally fine with that. But why is Kevin Durant is spoken like a true Roto player. Why is Kevin Durant not starting at a game, but eligible to play in the game, but then taken out in the middle of the game? Like, why is it even happening? Who also had like eight, six and five and 19 minutes, which is pretty crazy. Well, that was the craziest part was he returned an inconclusive test or, or something there. I think is why they held him out at the beginning. And then he got told that he, this person tested positive and then he had to come out, which I don't know. The whole situation seems strange and the whole situation, like, I mean, what time at night was that? Like why all of a sudden did we get this test back at, whatever time that yeah. was going on. Why are the and, tests being set up to where you can get it at halftime, you know, like before halftime or during halftime, shouldn't these things be happening prior to the game starting? Yeah, that's the part. And they did push a bunch of games back. 
I don't know if you heard this the other week, they moved some of the start times back and that was the hope was that they could get the testing back before the game started. All right. Well, okay. I, I understand that it's a work in progress. So maybe I'll give the, the NBA a little bit of a, a benefit of the doubt here. Uh, but this situation is very, very strange. Another, another wrinkle in the COVID saga that is this season um, and going into week eight, right? Here we are. Um, you, it's like, I, I, if you're not coming in, looking, looking forward to the playoffs right now, you're in trouble. You're in absolute trouble. I, the, I don't know if your league has opened up the trade window or pushed that trade deadline back, but you actually, if you forgot to change that setting, your trade deadline might be coming up too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, let's hope you, that someone changed it. And that way, you know, you got some time here because the NBA's trade deadline isn't even until what the 7th of March, I think. Um, the question to me is, are we going to see a lot of moves? Not a lot of teams can trade a first-round pick because they've already traded it. Um, so will teams take a bunch of second-round picks for guys, or do we see kind of a very stagnant real NBA trade market? Um, obviously, in fantasy, you want a pretty active trade market because that shifts the value of a lot of players. And, you know, we see it every year at the trade deadline. You know, you pick someone right up off the waiver wire that becomes a top 100 player for the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, happens all the time. And that is probably good to be the key here is paying attention to those injuries, paying attention to how um, people are sitting out. I mean, we still have uh, Carl Anthony Towns not playing in Minnesota. The Memphis Grizzlies are injured all across the board with no, still no return for Jaron Jackson Jr. on the horizon. Uh, Laurie Markinen just uh, screwed up his shoulder uh, the other day and it looks like that's going to give Fed Young a little bit more time but it's also give Pat Williams a little bit more time so like Pat Williams might have been on your waiver wire three days ago two days ago the same with Fed Fed Young but both of those guys are now going to be top 100 players right I, I mean I think too that you know the COVID has even made it more prevalent that some of these guys bubble up for a short period of time where they're really good because they're just getting a lot more minutes and they're being asked to do a lot more stuff yep Week eight is weird, but let's talk about um, probably one of the most important trades of the season. You, you thought there might not be any trades before the deadline. Well, we got one right now, Tyler. One of the biggest moves in in you know we we started out strong with a lot of trades, and then the big Harden trade happened. But now I think this eclipses every single trade from the season. The great. MVP Derek Rose is heading to New York again to bring another title to New York again with Tom Thibodeau, the greatest coach of all time for Dennis Smith Jr. What how surprised excited, how excited what, are you, Tom? what surprised me was Derek Rose only netted one second round pick. <laughs> I mean, that's, that, that was strange. Um, what what my real big takeaway is how do I become one of Tom Thibodeau's guys? Like to just be become his friend because I feel like this guy, there's no there may be no more loyal person in the NBA than Tom Thibodeau. Yeah. He's a badass. He got uh he got Noah paid. I mean, New York's paying all them former bulls, man. You got New York. I think they're still paying for Joakim Noah. Shout out to Noah, get them checks. Uh now they're gonna be paying for Derek Rose. That's excellent. Um the the Bulls have a long history of fleecing over the the Knicks, 
And well, um, it, it's, it's good to see that there is one organization that still does its best to be the worst. Is it fair to say that Rose is still, I mean, like, I don't know how much he contributes to winning basketball, but the fact that he can still like drop 18, 20 points in any game is impressive. Uh, with the amount of surgery and uh, issues well, that and he's had around his knees, the fact that he's walking is is is, is pretty incredible. Not uh, only that, but there was that stretch there for what, like three, two, three straight years where like he looked like he was just done, like he was going to be out of the NBA. And then like all of a sudden now as a 30 year old, he's come back and like proven to be a capable sixth man scorer. He's actually been pretty efficient the last two years. He's getting quite a few assists. Like he's actually been good. Now, yeah, it didn't contribute to a lot of winning. I mean, the Timberwolves were not that good that year. He was on them. The Pistons were not good last year. The Pistons are not good again. But it's been an, an impressive kind of second second act of Derrick Rose's career for sure. But when Derrick Rose played, as you're kind of alluding to, and they should have been playing more in Detroit because they are garbage. Um, he is able to score, get some decent assists, uh, almost is averaging. A, um, is actually averaging over a steal a game right now in 22 minutes. So, you know, 14-4 and over a steal, two rebounds in 22 minutes. I'm not sure why. And so he's like kind of borderline in that uh, waiver wire zone where he might be on the waiver wire, he might be on the team, depending on how you're feeling or what you're going, what's going on. It might be a streamer. Will his minutes pop up in New York enough to say, you know what, this guy is no longer a streamer. I want him on the end of my bench so I can keep bringing him in, getting 15, 16, 17 points a game. Like, is that, you know, depending on your team, obviously it's going to determine whether that's worth it or not. Are the minutes going to be there? Well, well, haven't the Knicks been screaming for a point guard all year? I mean, they literally have been playing Julius Randle as their de facto lead ball handler. Which has been slightly effective, which is surprising. Yeah, I mean, shout out to the Knicks. I mean, they're in eighth in the East. They're eleven and fourteen, but they're eighth in the East. If they were in the West, they would literally be in thirteenth, but they're not. <laughs> yeah, don't don't worry about that. Uh, but we've been talking about that like uh, all year, pretty much. We've been talking about Alfred Payton. Uh, we've been talking about the Emmanuel quickly. Austin Rivers, R.J. Barrett, Alec Burke situation, and none of them are real point guards. Well, and I guess my question is how many minutes can Rose actually play now? Like, can How many minutes can he play and hold up? You know, can he play 30 a game? Can he play 25? Can he play – like, what? Like what's his, his limit? Um, and that's my only worry is that if Thibodeau starts handing him, like, you know, 32, 33 minutes a night, does he break down? Well, there's the Thibodeau factor, right? Thibodeau is a psychopath. Um, what I worry here is what this does, because I think Derrick Rose, minimum, is going to keep the minute, the minutes that he's currently playing around around 23. I I personally think it, it's going to be closer to 30 than 23. Um, so anywhere in that 26, 27 range is good. And I think that makes... Derek Rose standard league uh, rosterable because of the points and assists that you can get from him. What I it's going to hit into Alfred Payton's minutes, which is fine because Alfred Payton is weird and um, can't shoot the ball at all, and I care about percentages. 
But what I don't want it to do is mess with Emmanuel Quickly's minutes. Because I think Emmanuel Quickly, I, I like that kid. He's good. I like that kid. Yeah, been surprisingly good too. Quickly has. Um, well, I mean, you look at those backcourt minutes. I mean, there's some minutes available. Does he take some of Austin Rivers' minutes? Does he take some minutes from Alex Burks? You know, you mentioned Peyton. Um, I think when you're when you're the Knicks, aren't you trying to develop quickly? Like, why would you not be playing Mitchell Robinson and Kevin Knox and RJ Barrett, like the guys who could be part of your next? Uh, team with a chance to have a legit run in the playoffs like even if the Knicks squeak into the playoffs this year like aren't they getting absolutely destroyed in the first round oh yeah no matter no matter who they're playing if they were even if they're playing a, a play-in game I I mean aren't, we have a play-in tournament here I would I would wager that the Knicks don't make it out of the play-in tournament yeah I mean it'll be interesting to see I mean honestly in the east I really think there's only two teams that are out of it out of it like the Wizards and the Pistons aren't making the plan and i i guess maybe we shouldn't even co- totally write off the wizards yet because like if they can get a little bit back on track like couldn't they make the plan like 10 teams make it right so i mean all those spots are still pretty up for grabs and i mean you look at even like the pacers like are, are i mean the pacers are in fifth are they that good the hawks are not that good the hornets are not that good the knicks are not that good the raptors are and disappointing the Cavaliers, the Bulls, the Heat. Like, there's just not a, there's not a lot of great teams in the conference. No, there's not. Um, it's gonna be interesting moving forward. I, I, I like taking a flyer on Derrick Rose right now. Um, if you're in a, especially if you're in a bigger league, like more than twelve teams, uh, or you actually you have some extra roster spots uh, in a twelve team league, you know, increasing that. Um, the, the, the. Standard league size of normal amount of players. I think Derek Rose should be on your bench at the very least. See what happens. See what Tibbs is going to do. Sometimes Tibbs gets he gets crazy. He gets all goofed up and crazy, and he's uh, you know sitting in his basement eating wings, uh, watching videotape till three in the morning, and he might be like, "Derek Rose is the answer, baby." Uh, so that's I mean I assume that's why they they traded for him because Tibbs is crazy. He's a lunatic. And so right. you get you get those minutes. Derrick Rose could be a, a nice, valuable piece, even in the short term. Even if you, even if it doesn't last more than a couple of weeks, so well. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the that's a for sure is that he's going to play, and he's going to play probably 20, 28 plus minutes a game. And we've seen in the last two or three years that, that this version of Derrick Rose in twenty eight minutes a game is good. Yes, absolutely. Um, and he's gonna have a better team around him too. So I, I really do. The Knicks are better than the Pistons. Something I was not expecting to say uh, for another couple decades or so. I want to talk about a new tool on hashtagbasketball.com. Um, it's called basically. I think I'm gonna to talk to Joey. We might. I'm gonna get him to change the name of this tool. I'm not. A, I'm not a big fan of the name of the tool. I am a big fan of the tool itself and the information that it quickly provides me it's called nba last night which i'm not a, not a big fan of that not a big fan of that name but what it does is shows you the overperforming and underperforming players in last night's games compared to their season averages which i feel like is at a glance a really nice um like quick glance tool which i'm always looking for kind of like something like that per- puts information in a different format for me to understand in a different way um, and this gives me a quick look on each game 
hey, who, instead of going through all the box scores, here's the guys who killed it and here's the guys who sucked. Am I worried about that? So maybe I see Buddy Heald here in Sacramento shot like a, uh, an absolute asshole. Hey, quiet, quiet down, uh, Google. Um, Google. She didn't understand what you were saying. Michael. She doesn't understand. I don't understand what I'm saying. Um, she doesn't understand that Buddy Heald shot like an asshole last night because she can't see the website on hashtag basketball.com. Um, Buddy Heald shot like an asshole. All right. That doesn't matter to me. Like, Buddy Heald's good. He's not great. He gets those threes. But if I see Buddy Heald a couple days from now and another couple days from now, Dude, another Buddy couple days from now. Buddy seven dimes in that game, though. Yeah. Which was surprising. That might, be, I, a new, that might be a new career high for the Budster. <laughs> you might be right about that. Um, but that's the thing. If I keep seeing certain players on the overperforming or underperforming on a consistent base fit, basis that I haven't been paying attention to, and you know there's always this handful of players that I'm like, oh, man, I haven't thought about uh, – shish. You know, uh, he had nine assists last Josh year Hart. game. Disappointing. I haven't thought about Josh Hart in a while. Okay. Um, then maybe I, it, it gives me just another tool. And I, I kind of like, I like the way it's set up. I like the format here. Um, like Landry Shamit. Should I care about him? Uh, probably not. But maybe with all these injuries on, on, on Brooklyn, COVID sitting, maybe, maybe, maybe I should care about him. So, so then I can go dive deeper into what Landry has been doing over the last few weeks. How about Mo Bamba scoring 14 points, seven rebounds, and three blocks in 12 minutes? That is shocking, but then uh, I also noticed that he's playing the Chicago Bulls. Well, that, that always helps. That helps anyone, I think. Uh, yeah, they do not have um, a center on their team that is healthy. Well, that didn't stop the Warriors from wrecking the Mavericks on Thursday night. So, I mean, what's your excuse? What was that about? Um, well, I mean, they played again last night, and Golden what a, State. What a game! That was that was a really fun game, right? Golden State. I think on the first night they played fast, and the Mavs played into their hand in the sense that you know they spaced the floor, and really what happened was they got a lot of open threes and they hit them all. I mean, they they shot over fifty percent from three point range, which even on open looks in an NBA game is difficult to do. And that allowed them to beat the Mavericks. Like if you shoot 43s a game and make 20, you know, and they made almost, I think they, they almost made 30. I think in that game, they just really lit up and the mouse played terrible defense. The mouse played terrible defense in the second game too. And um, the Mavs defense is kind of a big question mark right now. Yeah. And um, Kelly Oubre, man, I, I'm giving up on Kelly Oubre. He's showed here. He's just had a 40 point game on Thursday. Come on now. It doesn't matter to me because uh, that doesn't matter at all because he's going, he's going to have a, he had an amazing game. Um, of course I dropped him in a couple leagues. Um, Cause I, and he has an amazing game when I drop him. So you're welcome. You're everybody who has Kelly Oubre right now. You are welcome for me dropping him. Cause that's the reason he had that incredible game. But I'm sorry, you're going to get more of these dog shit five for 16, sh- no steals, no blocks, one assist games for Kelly Oubre than you are going to get the 42 games. I'm, I'm giving up on Kelly Oubre, Tyler. It's official. Um, what I liked from Kelly Oubre in that, that little set or whatever we're calling those nowadays, series, is what, what, what's, our, what's our term for those? I don't know. I don't know. Back-to-backs? Uh, I don't know. Well, that weird part is they're not usually back to back. So there's usually yeah. a day off in between, which is always kind of a little bit strange. Um, he guarded Luka Doncic 
quite a bit. And that should be good for his defensive numbers, right? Like when he averaged 1.3 steals and 0.7 blocks per game last year for Phoenix, um, steals are a little bit down blocks are actually a little bit up. Um, you are right to be worried about his scoring, but really it's just, he's not making his shots. So with the assumption that eventually he does make his shots, I think Kelly Bray is going to be all right. Yeah. I, um, I've given up on him. I think if you're a 12, like, Standard league, twelve team league. You better be dropping him for something very worthwhile on the on the waiver wire, which there were in the leagues that I have that many. I'm in some shallower leagues, and I, I was just ready to part with him. If you're in a deeper league, I don't think you can. If you're in a twelve big league, uh, more roster spots or thirteen plus teams, I don't think you can drop him. But I'm uh, I'm a little salty. I'm a little salty uh, about Kelly Oubre, and I'm going to let him know about it. I'm going to call him up. I'm going to let him know that I'm he needs to get his shit together. He needs to start playing better. Uh, yeah. What the weird, the weird one in last night's game for me was, I mean, Steph Curry was incredibly hot, but the weird one was Draymond Green. He had six steals and four blocks and 15 assists, but he scored two points and he took two shots. And one of them was right at the beginning of the game. He was like wide open for three and he shot it. And then he literally refused to shoot it like the rest of the night. Draymond literally could have a triple double, maybe even a quadruple double if he really tried, but he could literally get a a triple double without making a shot. It's just it's such the strangest game though, because like, can you roster a guy who doesn't score any points and win in fantasy? That's a question. I'm not sure. I know the answer to. It. Probably not, is my guess. Unless you're completely punting points, fully, or you're on the opposite end where you have like all the top scorers, and then this guy just comes in and gives you the steals, blocks, and assists that you need. But it's just interesting. He's a he's a the strange fellow. Strange. How's, uh, how's Chris Stapp's return been so far in Dallas? Uh, not great. Chris Stapp's looks a little slow. A little... To be expected. Yeah, so a lot of people are really freaking out about this, and I wrote an article basically saying why I wasn't panicking, and then a lot of people pushed back and, and like commented on the article that I was a you-know-what and a, another thing. That was and, just me in uh, my, my old accounts. Um. I think KP is going to be fine, but just like always, when you have a fairly significant knee surgery, it takes some time. And really what's been killing them is teams have kind of sucked him away from the rim on the defensive end. And so the shot blocks are down a little bit and the rebounds are down a little bit because he's never been the most mobile guy to begin with of like, you know, crashing in there and getting something. Um, so that's hurt. The other thing that's hurt is, especially late in games, they're not guarding him with a big guy, which is forcing the Mavericks to either A, run him in the pick and roll and let somebody who's a halfway decent defender switch on Luka Doncic, or what they've done some is basically just brought whoever the other team's worst defender is, they just let him set the screen and hope the other team switches and then Luka just cooks somebody. Yeah. So that works. <laughs> so it's it's hurt KP a little bit there too, and it's hurt his three point shooting the most. And I think that's always we always we should have always expected his three point shooting to be a little slow out of the gate. But the fact that they're guarding him with someone like Draymond Green more as opposed to someone like you know a big lumbering center um, has made it a little more difficult to him to get off those kind of wide open three point looks. 
Yeah, could it be a, a very nice buy low situation for Chris Hesperzingis right now? Struggling. If if you he, he, if you hear the home team fans panicking about something, uh, always probably a good time to um, to move in and uh, snipe Chris Hesperzingis uh, from uh, an unsuspecting uh, Chris Hesperzingis owner. Um, and Tyler um, I had a I got a little feedback on your. Uh, your prediction for Josh Richardson being uh, someone who's going to s- sneak into that top 50 and uh, three out of these last four games, Josh Richardson, not that bad. Not playing that bad. Yeah. Josh Richardson is finally turning it on. And, and I thought we saw some good things at the beginning of the season. And then he got, he, he went out for a couple weeks there. And then, you know, now that he's back, it took a little bit to ramp back up. I mean, he was basically stuck in a Denver hotel room for the better part of two weeks. So. Um, the only thing you're going to be doing there is ordering takeout and smoking weed. That's it. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think uh, Jay Rich is going to be just fine. Yeah, I hope so. He's still owned. He's, he's, he, he's actually leading the pickups for this week, the Massway Four Times. Um, he's leading oh. the pickups this week. He is only owned in 49% of Yahoo Leagues. Really? So That's you right. can still get him in a lot of leagues. There in you go. Still, up, still out there. Well, looking ahead to week eight, we have a fair, uh, you know, after the Super Bowl is when everybody really starts paying attention to uh, the NBA because, you know, I, I feel, I don't know why people don't pay attention to like the general public doesn't pay attention to the NBA. Uh, what do you, there's no, there's no game. There's no football game last week. There's only one game, like one day of games. Like you can't pay, there's like games every day for, for the NBA. So you can't, like you can't pay attention to the NBA while you're paying attention to the NFL. Um, but maybe it's just the media. Maybe, maybe I'm getting that mixed up with the casual fan. But week eight is when I th- we got a lot of games, a lot of games shoved into this week, Tyler. Uh, most teams are playing uh, well, a much more balanced schedule too, yes. which I think is, is good for, for us in fantasy is, is we like the balanced schedule more than the, you know, we have 15 teams playing or 15 games on, Monday and Wednesday and we have two games on Thursday and five games on Tuesday. Like we have a much more balanced slate this week, which I prefer. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't terribly um, appreciate those, those heavy games last week, trying to get my streams in Uh, this week. We only have one day Friday with double digit games, 11 games on Friday. Most teams are playing four games. Everybody else is playing three games. So that's pretty good. Minus if there are any COVID pushbacks or random shenanigans that happen in between uh, Tyler, what are you, what are you focusing on? What players and what kind of strategy you're looking at for a week eight um, that will be in the article on hashtag basketball.com that you write every single week. Well, so I added the talking points this year, right? Which was not not my idea, but a thing that I do now. <laughs> uh, um, and I I decided to focus on a couple of things, right? We talked about the Derrick Rose trade. That's on there. Um, Mike Conley got injured, which could open up some more minutes for Mr. Joe Ingles. Okay. Right? Like I like that. that. I like Joe Ingles. We're big Joe Ingles fans on the, on the pod. Um, and Joe Ingles is one of those guys um, who – does a lot of he's in the Draymond Green classification of like doesn't score a lot but does a lot of other stuff so people always underrate him. I also mentioned this and I think we see this every year especially in more casual leagues. All-star voting is now open. They actually released the first round of results on what was that last Friday? Something like that. Um 
I see this in, in every league, and I think it has to do with the perception of like, oh, that guy's an all-star. Fantasy managers can trade a guy who's worse, but he's up there in that all-star voting, or he actually gets named to be an all-star for a guy who's actually much better in fantasy. Hmm. Okay. Have you seen this phenomenon? Because I've seen no. it. Like the no, Montes Sabonis last year, he got named an all-star, and I saw some trades where people were getting – like they were giving up some bonus and getting a much better player. Okay. I'm, I, yeah, I guess I, uh, not, I've not experienced this particular phenomenon, but that is, uh, maybe I should, maybe I should pay more attention to that. All right. So I, I made the case that if you guys looking good and he's got that kind of all-star push, that all-star buzz, he's up there in the voting, you might want to play that off in your trade talks, right? Yeah, I guess if you play with some more casuals, they they see the the all star roster and they go, "Damn, he's an all star. He must be good." But right, and uh, so there's that. There's that in there. Um, The Warriors and the Rockets have the best schedule this week. They play four times and they avoid the three heaviest schedule days, which you mentioned. There's one day with eleven games. There's two days with nine games. So those two have the best schedule. The Clippers have the worst because they play on those three. They play three times and all three of them are on those heavy schedule days. Ugh. Um, any players in particular that you um, are, are not rostered in too many leagues, but are, are trending towards that standard league relevancy? Uh, Maxi Kleber been starting for the Mavs, owned in eleven percent of leagues. Oof, that's not that's not enough. Uh, definitely on the overperforming players uh, list here on NBA last night on the on the on the new hashtag basketball tool. Right. Uh, another guy is uh, Jakob Potl from the Spurs. Yep. Uh, Lamarcus Aldridge is out. He's getting the good blocks and the good rebounds, scoring a little bit. He's only under 35%, so he's another guy you could pick up. Um, then we got a guy who, who should be owned more that's just not is Tyus Jones. I don't know why people don't like Tyus Jones. I think it's, again, it's a lack of points thing, right? He doesn't do a ton of scoring, but he's averaging 5.8 assists and 1.3 steals per game. It's a lot. This season. And so he's owning 13%. You're looking for like on the light end of the spectrum, right? Like there's guys like Dylan Brooks, Cole Anthony, those guys we talk about all the time. Um, and that's not to say those guys I'm really picking up. They are, but you're looking for someone kind of even in a league where pretty much everyone knows what's going on. It seems like Jones, Kleber, those type of guys are still available. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. There, I think there's a lot of really weird fringe guys who have been popping up lately um obviously minnesota is not healthy and 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 naz reed has been very very good yet he continues to be i think under rostered um you have uh, oklahoma city is also kind of weird because their rotation keeps kind of uh switching up a little bit you see mike muscala is getting more minutes now um diallo is starting to have it has like a nice stretch of games under him in the last week or two what do you think about uh what do you think about him man haven't we seen this a few times before i think so isn't he always like just he's becoming the fantasy tease or or whatever whatever we call that um i i don't know i don't know what to think about him to be honest what do you think about him I, i i he's young enough to like right um, I think if you are looking for good streaming players, I start pivoting towards guys like Diallo, uh, who are just like, okay, they're 
they've been fairly consistent. Like Mike Muscala might have a great game or might play three minutes. I don't, I don't know, but Diallo's getting solid minutes, even in, in limited minutes, he's getting good stats, not great stats. And, and in good minutes, he's getting pretty good stats, not great stats. Uh, and it's like that consistency almost intrigues me a little bit more than the, uh, the home run. If I'm going for, you know, getting two or three games out of a pickup versus like, Oh, I need steals tonight. Let's go find that guy who gets steals. Yeah, I'm with you there. And, and I think for me, I always want a little bit more consistency when I'm streaming because I don't want to get the two dud games where I got four points from a guy in two games or, you know, you got the no steals, no blocks, three rebounds and 15 points over the two games. Like, um, I, I like a little bit more consistency in my streaming too, I think. Yeah. And then, you know, you got Memphis just – physically falling apart here i'm keeping an eye on them uh this week just to see what the rotation is going to look like uh we said this what maybe even two weeks ago jaron jackson jr uh what are the odds he plays this year they're getting slim they're getting slimmer by the day well and the thing i i think i mentioned this and i still haven't heard anything i i mean maybe i maybe i missed it and if I, i did you know let me know but yeah, literally, like, there's no updates. That's the weirdest part to me is it's not like, oh, well, we're going to reevaluate. Like, most teams will be like, oh, we're going to reevaluate him in three weeks. And then you're like, well, we, at least I know he's out for three more weeks, right? Here, there's just nothing. There's not even, like, a word. Like, it's just he's out. He's out. Every game, he's out. He's out. That's it. So does that that has to make me think that he's out for a long time and, and he's not coming back anytime soon. And, yeah, I don't. I don't really I would I would drop him pretty much in any league. I and mean, there's no point. He's not he doesn't seem like he's coming back. No, it, it really doesn't. I think if you're oh, re, if we you're... did get an update on February first. Really? Are you ready for this? Okay. Chris Hennigan on Twitter says team sources suggest oh Chris Harrington. I'm sorry. He is the Daily Memphis columnist, writer, and editor. The Daily Memphian did never heard of it, but it's barely real. Um, he says team sources suggest the Grizzlies will be quote ramping up Jaron Jackson's recovery over the next month or so. No setbacks, but the team continues to take a cautious approach with Jackson's meniscus repair and the pursuit of best long term results. Mm, Purely okay. personal opinion based on that, says Mr. Harrington. Grizzlies' first half schedule ends March 4th. I'd guess Jaron Jackson de- doesn't debut until after the break. I'm going to guess he doesn't debut after the break. Um, the, I, I think if you, can get some, uh, if you can get somebody for him right now, now's your, now's your move if you're in a redraft league. Now or never. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know what that – they're going to start ramping up his recovery – yeah, that's not ramping up his playing time, his return to the court, uh, practices, contact, r- ramping up his recovery. I don't know I don't, what that means. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't even understand that. So, if you're gonna wait a month or so to ramp up his recovery, up you're out for two months. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'd I'd look to move him for sure. And and if someone wants to buy him. 
sell. If not, if I'm in a roster crunch, or I'm in one of those leagues with limited IRs and my IR is getting pretty full. I, I might just drop him. Like it doesn't seem good. And, and we look, we do this every year with certain players, right? Like uh, I think there was a year Seth Curry did it right. Where like he, they kept saying, Oh, he might be back. He might be back. And then he never came back and he ended up having surgery. Um, I think those players end up hurting you quite a bit by the end because you keep fit you keep counting on their stats and what they're going to do and then it just never comes yeah i agree i agree with you tyler um, would you this... trade jared jackson for let's 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 yeah, derrick let's, rose let's, play let's hear it. say um, someone that's the best offer you can get it's derrick rose i i think i would try a little harder but no one else wants him no one else in the league wants him and someone's like uh, i'll give you derrick rose best offer that's a bad offer. Um, redraft league, yeah, probably actually. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, in a, in a dynasty, your keeper format, obviously, Jaron Jackson could have some very good long term value. So you're definitely going to be able to get more, and you're going to want more. Um, but I don't. Any player I think is going to could you know is going to be a top 100 player. I think I would take that production right now, especially if he's going to miss another month, month and a half, two months, like. Give me a top 100 player for the next two months rather than it may be. And, and here's the other thing about Jaron Jackson Jr. Okay, let's say he plays in the first game of the second half of the season. So he plays on whatever that date works out to be, March 11th, March 15th, whatever the date is. doesn't matter. Um, how many minutes is that going to be? 20? 15? Yeah. yeah. And then he's going to probably slowly ramp up because he hasn't played basketball in how many months? So, yeah, I, I just give me anybody who's a top 100 player, and I think I'd take it. I like that. It's time to bail on Jaron Jackson. Tyler, I think that's it for week eight. Um, where can people find you on Twitter? Oh, wait, you didn't let me ask my question. Oh, what, I, uh, what's your thing you're looking forward to in week eight? Oh, the the Memphis Grizzlies. Oh, that's it? You just look, you just yeah. want to watch all the Grizzlies games? I'm going to watch every Grizzlies game this week. Did the Grizzlies play somebody fun this week? No, probably not. Oh, uh, let's see. I'm going <laughs> to look this up right now. Oh, they uh, play Toronto on Monday. Toronto. I like watching Charlotte, actually. I like LaMelo. I think he's pretty good. All right. That's their game on Wednesday. Lakers and Sacramento. I'll watch all those games. Those are all good games. Yeah, that's not bad. Not bad slate. All right. Thing I am looking for this week. Um... Man, there's Monday. I feel like is not a great slate of games. Is no, that fair to there's say? There's a lot of games. None of them. Maybe Milwaukee Nuggets. Yeah, that's a fine game, but not one I'm like excited. Excited. Wizards, to Bulls, and then Tuesday we get kind of the same thing. Like I'm not. I'm never. I'm never super excited to watch the Celtics personally. And that Celtics Jazz is probably the best game. But I'm yeah, not. I don't know. I don't love the Celtics either. Right, I'm not super excited for that. We get Luca and Trey Young on Wednesday. That that usually turns into a fun little shootout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that'd be nice. Um, the Phoenix Milwaukee is the second game of that ESPN doubleheader. Um, Phoenix has been a strange team with the kind of up and down play. Um, True. Yeah, I I would say that about this week. Maybe that's a little bit disappointing, as we don't really get a lot of the the big games, the marquee games, um, which which isn't great. Uh, Brooklyn Golden State on Saturday. I'm I'm excited to see that. All right, Katie is back because I feel like Steph against Katie could get could get wild. 
Yeah. Uh, Zion at Chicago, a game that I would be attending in person if I could attend the games in person. Um, the Pelicans I'm, got, got a, uh, a week ahead of them. It seems like they, they face them, the Mavericks too. And they yeah. play the Rockets at home. So for the Rockets at home, right. And then they play the Mavericks in Dallas and then they go to Chicago. Is that right? No, Pelicans, Houston, Chicago, at, at Chicago, then at Dallas. Oh, is one of those a back-to-back? Houston, then at Chicago, back-to-back. So I think Chicago oh. can take that little He might not play out. in that, that back-to-back there. That seems like the perfect rest game for Zion. How dare you? You cannot rest against Chicago Bulls, y'all. That was last year. You're thinking, you're, you're thinking about it incorrectly. Um, if the trade – I mean, it sounds like the Derrick Rose trade is going to go through – uh, if Rose can play by Tuesday, Jimmy versus Derek, it's always a fun time. Oh, is there is there some heat there? I don't think so, but I think they. Uh, I don't know if they like each other. I think they like each other. I don't know. I think they like each other. But I like to see them play against each other. Any any former bull, I'm interested in. <laughs> you just love all the bull, don't you? Every one of them. I I was just talking about Andres Nocioni just last week to a bunch of, to a bunch of people who did not want to hear about it. <laughs> That's fine. That's funny. There's a long text thread about Andres Nocioni. So is that when you know your team has hit rock bottom when the text threads involving the team are all things that happened at least a decade ago? Well, I think that's what the the discourse around the Bulls has been for the last, uh, I don't know, <laughs> name your year. We've been talking about Jordan and then Rose, and that's about it. <laughs> Well, let's hope that they get it back on track. Yeah, we'll be talking about Pat Will here in a few years, uh, I think. But uh, until then, I think that's it for week eight. Tyler, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Tyler P. Watts. You can find me at Watch the Boxes. If you like the show, please rate, review us, or go to patreon.com slash watching the boxes. Help support the show. Um, if you like doing that daily fantasy, Thrive Fantasy, use that promo code WTB. And most of all, go to hashtagbestball.com, read Tyler's weekly report on what to do this week. And check out that new tool, which I'm, I got to get that. We got to get that changed, the name of that. NBA last night. Check out that tool. Uh, might be renamed by the time if I have any clout with Joey, which I don't think I do. Um, but it's, I, I think it's a nice little addition to hashtag basketball's already free tool. So go to hashtagbasketball.com. We will see you next time. Take it easy. Stay safe.